1: Welcome into this edition of College Football Smothered and Covered. My name is Barrett Salee. I appreciate you checking out the show. Episode 11 of the revamped edition of the show. Of course, we had to stop SEC Smothered and Covered in 2018. Very disappointed with that, but we brought it back, baby. But we're covering the entire world of college football. I appreciate you checking it out on YouTube, Rumble, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you get your college football content. I hope that we can be a part of your college football rotation because that's what we're here for, covering college football 24-7, 365, as you can see, dedicating today's show to the GOAT Crew Jones from Rad. There is thunder in his heart. There is thunder in your heart. I don't know what that means, but if you have not seen Rad, That's your homework. I think you have to go and watch Rad because Rad, of course, is the greatest movie of this or any generation. Crew Jones, his performance on Helltrack, just can't be denied. Greatest sports moment in history. Reminder, this show brought to you by Coastal Vibe Vacations. If you're looking for a vacation on the panhandle of Florida, give our guys at Coastal Vibe Vacations a call, 888 850 8880515. 850 8880515. One bedroom, two bedroom, three bedroom condos on Okaloosa Island between Destin and Fort Walton. Fun for the entire family. 850 all All right. The Alabama offensive coordinator saga seems to be coming to a conclusion now, as was the case with Ryan Grubb. Nothing official has been announced as of 8.41 a.m. Central Time on Wednesday, but it does seem like Nick Sheridan will be promoted from tight ends coach to run the Alabama offense. And the question I got yesterday after the show was posted, Alabama fans and honestly fans. From around the country. We're like. Who's Nick Sheridan? And. The answer is. He's just a dude. And I think that is. That's concerning. Because if you're Alabama. If you're Kalen DeBoer. And you promote somebody who is. Relatively anonymous. And certainly. Anonymous to people in the SEC. That's a problem. But. I think when you dig a little bit deeper, Alabama fans, you should be comfortable with this. And the reason I said, look, let's go with the negatives first, okay? Nick Sheridan was the offensive coordinator for Tom Allen at Indiana in 2020 and 2021. The 2020 offense was average at best. Penix was there, average at best. But to me, as was the case, positive or negative, the COVID year, throw everything out. I don't care. Michigan was a disaster during the COVID year. And look what happened. They seem to have been doing just fine since then. So throw out the 2020 year. The problem is when you look at 2021, Indiana finished with the worst offense in the big 10. Now, granted, they went through a ton of injuries that year. Panics, you name it. You look at the injury list for Indiana. It was wild. It was absolutely wild. With that said, it still got a number 14 next to it in terms of total offense. But Kalen DeBoer thought enough of him to bring him to Washington to coach tight ends the last couple of seasons. So take the bad, which is his performance as an offensive coordinator. He was fired in late November. two, Two weeks, three weeks later, he was hired by Washington. Okay, that's where the good starts. Because while Washington's tight end position has not been the focal point of the offense over the course of the last two seasons, He still knows the offense. He's still been around Kalen DeBoer, whether it be learning his system from afar or learning his system with Kalen DeBoer. And I think that's the most important part is you have somebody who your new head coach trusts. And with Alabama's talent, with Alabama's players, I think he can be okay. Now, and part of it is because He's been around for the last month and a half. Players have gotten to know him. Recruits have gotten to know him and perhaps signed with Alabama because of him, or at least in part because of him. So you have continuity, even though it's it's crazy to look for staff continuity a month and change into somebody's tenure. But that's that's just reality. That's where Alabama is right now. But since Nick Sheridan understands, A, what was successful the last couple of years, and B, how to develop a quarterback, which, look, he has been a quarterback coach before. And he's been a quarterback coach with Michael Penix, not a Washington, but he understands what he's capable of and how he has developed. And so when you pair him with Jalen Milroe or Austin Mack or whoever else wins that job, and I don't believe that it's set in stone that it is Jalen Milroe. I think he'll be fine because you up the talent level even more. Now, Alabama does not have the wide receiving core that Washington had. I know Alabama fans would like to have that wide receiving core, but reality is, and I think we've all seen, not only has Alabama's wide receiver position been a little bit of a struggle the last couple of years, it Washington's has been the strength. It's been the center point of that offense. But Bama fans don't freak out. You need continuity, you want continuity, and you got somebody in Nick Sheridan who I think will be able to navigate through the ups and downs of this offseason and develop his own style. But that style will be very close to Ryan Grubb. And more importantly, it will be with Kalen. And so I I do think that Kalen will take over more of the play-calling duty. And that's not to say... He'll be the primary play caller. And honestly, I don't think that he will. But with Ryan Grubb, he could be hands off and say, hey, bro, go do your thing. With Sheridan, he's going to have to pay a little bit more attention to it. And he's probably going to have to call, what, 15% of the plays. Normally, a head coach, if he has to go take care of something else outside of his specific area of expertise, you rely on the offensive coordinator. The trust is there to a point, but... Maybe Kalen has to take care a little bit more of that, at least early in the season, which early in the season, you better get it right because Alabama's 2024 schedule in September is brutal. Now let's do a Q and I missed, we did Q and a a while ago and I missed one and I feel really, really bad about it. It's from Jonathan Bailey. And he asked which teams have the opportunity to become the new heel or the new villain in college football. And I thought about this for a while and I kind of went back and forth. I was like, okay, is it Georgia? Is it Florida State? Could it be Texas? And then I got to thinking, why wouldn't it be USC? Because you're going to the Big Ten. Like, think about what happens if Lincoln Riley goes in next year. And honestly, I don't think this will happen because I don't think that Lincoln Riley wants to tackle or teaches tackling or just cares at all about defense. But what if I'm wrong? What if Lincoln Riley goes into the Big Ten and completely shakes things up? Completely shakes things up. Unseats Ohio State and Michigan. Michigan and Ohio State. I'm sorry, Michigan fans. Don't send me emails or send me DMs. You should be first in that discussion. And I, I, I corrected myself. But what if USC goes in and takes over as the number one spot, takes over from Michigan, takes over as the primary threat, other than Ohio state makes Penn state look ridiculous of the new cats, Oregon and Washington clearly sets the tone. I think they're the heel. I think they're the villain. Think about how many eyes are on the big 10. Look, I was at CBS and I was at BR. And one thing that we did that I think was very important was look at analytics, look at which teams hit, which teams don't right outside of Alabama. It's big 10 teams, Michigan, Michigan, and Ohio State draw way more attention than anybody in the SEC outside of Alabama. So, I mean, look, Alabama can be a villain, and they were a villain, but with Kalen there, I doubt it. But if USC comes in and upsets the apple cart and frustrates Alabama fans, I mean, I'm sorry, Michigan fans and Ohio State fans to no end, it's going to drastically change not only the landscape of the Big Ten, but all of college football. So USC is going to be the new villain. They have the chance to plant their flag in a conference that draws a ton of eyeballs in year one of realignment with a coach in Lincoln Riley who, how do I put this lightly, is easier to dislike than maybe people realize because he's been sort of trapped on the West Coast the last couple of years. I think when he gets to the Big Ten and the competition level gets raised even more, more than he's ever faced, there will be quotes, there will be sound bites, there will be uh, incidents where he starts to look like the villain. So if we're talking about which team will be the heel in the new look landscape of college football, I think it will be USC. A reminder, this show brought to you by Coastal Vibe Vacations, or 850-888-0515. Your place, your source for rental properties along the Gulf Coast on Okaloosa Island. Coastal Vibe Vacations, 850-888-0515. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best-kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.
0: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day.
1: Joined now by a good friend and legendary Georgia Bulldog, Mr. David Pollack. David, what's going on, man? How are you?
0: B, what is up, my man?
1: Oh, just cranking through another day, another dollar, another episode. So, um, look, first things first, before we get into the football stuff, I listen to your podcast with Pastor Jay as as much as possible, the, the Family Goals pod. And the most recent episode is... It's called enduring through prayer. And I want to talk to you about that because for those who have not listened to the show, um, you know, give them a taste of what that's about because it is wildly interesting.
0: Well, it, you know, we started in my pastor's closet. Um, no, <laughs> no, uh, no visions of like big successful podcasts. And that was probably, you know, two and a half years ago. And um it, it's just crazy how God's worked and used it and moved. And we just we kind of talk about things that are going on in our lives and, and a lot of Parenting fails and and a lot of parenting um, successes and literally the start of it was, you know, I, I was teaching my friends like something I did with my son. So my son, you know, has dreams, has goals, just like everybody else. But like I did a good job of getting in his way and trying to force my goals and my dreams on him. And finally, I sat down with him, and I was like, hey, man, let's do some goals. Like, what are your spiritual goals? What are your academic goals? What are your what are your sports goals? And um, it, we sat down and went through something. It really helped us, you know, not butt heads. But, like, I, I told him what an accountability partner was, and it helped me come beside him and help him and love on him. So, like, you're going to get a lot of practical parenting advice, a lot of practical marriage advice. Um, you know, we did an episode on grieving because, you know, I didn't know – my, my one of my best friends in the world lost his his wife you know suddenly at 40 years old you know a couple actually it was four months ago, ago yesterday and um and, and dude I didn't know how to show up for him yeah. and I didn't know what that looked like and so i think it's just um if you really want to grow and you want to be stretched and you know me and pastor jay will get on there and we'll, we'll talk to you a little bit and we'll try to figure some things out together as we go along but it's been it's been fun and dude be the people like you that have hit me up like you know Jeff core and Scott Drew from Baylor and Dansby Swanson and like yeah. all, all these people that like just keep hitting me up and they're like we listen to Family Goals. I'm like, really? Why? <laughs> like, um, but it just started in the basement. Uh, but we'll just help you grow and help you look at parenting. Maybe be, uh, parenting and marriage maybe a little bit different.
1: Well, I kind of want to segue from that into football because I think this latest episode kind of takes it. Uh, it gives you a taste of your faith. And and what you had to endure, because, you know, we're old dudes, right? There are some people that watch this show who probably don't even remember you as an NFL player, much less a college player. But you had a massive injury and it basically ended your NFL career. But, you know, how did how did prayer help you through, you know, the 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 injury to your neck and then also, you know, moving on to the next phase in your life?
0: Well, my, these kids don't know because my NFL career, if you blinked, you missed it. I mean, it wasn't long. (laughs) Same Um, with mine, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I mean, big hopes, big dreams, but, but God definitely had um, different plans. I I think one of the things about my personality is I've always been go, 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 do, do, do. Um, I I got a lot of energy and um, I, I have a lot of busyness in my life and, I think one thing that I figured out, man, through injury, through, you know, uh, you know, the, not the ups, but the downs, you know, the negative stuff, the adversity in your life, you know, you, you have an opportunity to to be still sometimes and reflect and, you know, start some routines in your life. I think that will really help you. And like, I, I started doing holy habits and like, you know, I'm, I'm going to get up every morning. You know, I was texting you about the you know, meeting for the show and when we are going to do it. Like I, I got to get my 20 minutes in the hot tub. Like that's, I got to go have my prayer time so I can listen, so I can start my day, you know, correctly. And, um, and and prayer, I think is something that's, that's different for different people. But like the biggest thing is any kind of relationship you have or any kind of thing you do takes time. It takes time to develop a habit. It takes time to develop, um, your way of communicating and, and and every relationship requires you to talk and, and you to be involved in. So, you know, just, um for me it's been be still know that i am god chill out listen more you know uh instead of being busy 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 because it's crazy man we come home from work and you've been busy all day long what's the first thing a lot of us do which i used to do all the time turn the tv on yeah. You're like, wait a minute! Now you just created more noise, you know. And so, um, it, it's been crazy. It's been good, man. But but I think God shows you those things. I think there's some things in life, man, that we that we're gonna go around. And there's a bunch of potholes in our lives that, like, God will take us around things. And you've seen that. You'll look back, you're like, man, that was close. That could have been. You know, that could have been really really difficult. And then there's some things I think we got to be taken through. And that's the only way we're gonna learn. And so I've had a lot of ups ups that are really cool. And people look at me and like, oh, three time All American at Georgia. I changed, I changed positions three times at Georgia before I ever played yeah. any significant. Like, that, that was a little bit of up and down. Oh, you played in the NFL? Yeah, well, it lasted a short period of time. I, I broke my neck. You know, I'm gone. Oh, now you go to TV? You're on college game day. How crazy? Well, yeah, you're fired. You're gone. Okay? So, I mean, <laughs> you know, if, if, you're not, if you're not in a storm, like, one's coming. And, yeah. and, and that's for all of us. No matter what your age is, man, difficult times are going to come in your lives, and you've got to be ready to deal with them.
1: Yeah, there's no doubt. And for me personally, I mean, having a seizure on a ski lift is not like breaking your neck, but it's scary as hell. And yeah. that that definitely, uh, you know, moved me back towards prayer a little bit more than I was before because, you know, I, I had epilepsy. I still have epilepsy, but having one where a seizure where you could literally die just by falling off a ski lift. I mean, it's scary as hell. And, um, you know, it's something that I think all of us have to deal with, whether it be, you know, your broken neck, my health issues or anybody else out there. Uh, So I encourage people to go listen to family goals. It's a great podcast. Uh, You get a lot from it, you know, and like you said, they're different topics, different days, different weeks. And, um, you know, I really love it. So let's segue to actual football, right? Um, talk about, you know, enduring some problems. George's, Winning streak comes to an end in tragic fashion in the SEC championship game. A lot of people exiting, but Carson Bett coming back. Yesterday's show, we talked about the Heisman Trophy odds, and I was honestly surprised that he is the favorite right now and above Quinn Ewers. And so I kind of looked at, like, okay, that's interesting. I want to talk to you about that. So, you know, what does he actually have to do to follow through on that hype?
0: Well, Carson's incredible, man. Like, and there's very few. Now, listen it's interesting that we talk about these two guys because both of these guys, bro, when you watch them throw a football, it is different. Okay. Like Quinn ears start. I'll start with Quinn. Like that dude, he is in the top 10 of I've seen just throw a football, grip it, rip it. It is beautiful. Like the way it comes off of his hand is gorgeous. It spins. It's, and I know that sounds weird. I'm saying it's gorgeous, but it looks good. It's just, it's, it's, it's very impressive. Now, here's the thing with Quinn. If Quinn would learn to do the small things and get the details of the position, if he would get his footwork consistently set, like it, it, he's, he's learned to change speeds a little bit and use different clubs. You know, like if he needs to use his lob wedge, he can use his lob wedge a little bit more. I love that about him, but I just – his literally his feet to me, if, if he could get his feet organized consistently. Yeah, I know you can throw off platform and you're really good at it, but like, I don't have to, but I, I do that when I need to not when I don't have to. So I think if he fixes that, I think it'd be, it could be incredible for Quinn and he could take off even more from, from a talent standpoint, Carson Beckman, like studying him and watching him, incredible processor, incredible feel in the pocket, incredible arm strength. Dude, nobody throws crossers in the country better than Carson Beck. I mean, and he throws lasers, laser beams. I mean, those things. And here's the thing about Carson that I really like. It's on you before you turn. It's yeah. on you before you break. And that's a, that's an important trait because, you know, there, windows shrink at every level. So if I'm going to look at him the next level for college or for beyond college into the NFL, like the high school windows, college windows, pro windows continue to sh- uh, shrink. But, uh, you know, Carson – Carson can be a, a, the number one pick next year. Carson's got to improve his deep ball. You you watch him and the deep ball. The deep ball is by far the biggest weakness, and he's got to be able to take those shots down the field. He wants to throw everything three thousand miles an hour, and those deep balls sometimes I just got to get the feel of lay it out in front, let him run underneath it. Um, but everything else, man, uh, except for you know mobility, he's not like a freak athlete. He has enough to make plays yeah. off platform, but I see it, man. And listen, here's the thing about him versus Quinn. When you know you know what you're going to get from Georgia players, like you know they're going to be in this thing. Like they're they're either going to be in the Final Four or or they're going to be right there. Uh, sorry, not the Final Four, the Final Twelve now. Like they're either going to be in the mix or the, they're they're going to be in the playoffs. No, they're yeah. going to be like they're going to be in the twelve team playoffs. So I mean, you, if know, you're you got top
1: four in the SEC, you're probably getting into the playoffs.
0: You're you're getting in. If you're top six, maybe you'll get it. No, I just kidding, <laughs> but, but I think that's a. Um, but the both those guys are talented, but I absolutely understand both of those guys being up there at the top.
1: If you were in the age of NIL, would you buy a Lambo like Carson Beck, or would you kind of tone it down a little bit?
0: Well, first of all, <laughs> what I would do at twenty-one and 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 forty-one is a little different. So it's e- <laughs> it's easy to go to the old guy. Nah, I wouldn't do that. But I mean. I can imagine I would have bought some for me personally, bro. I'd have brought like video games Palooza. Like I think my <laughs> setup in the house, because we had a TVs upstairs and downstairs, and, and back then you had to connect them with a wire and, and yeah. literally I think I would have the the best video game setup in the history of the world. That that's what I probably would. I'm not a car guy. I, I don't know if you are you a car guy? No.
1: I'd have a that's truck. Right. That's so, it. Yeah,
0: I got a truck too. So I I'm not, a, I'm not a car guy, but, hey, good for him. God bless. And, again, to me, the NIL, I, I get it. I, I get the outrage by people, and I understand why you have outra- outrage with NIL. I'll also throw this caveat in. NIL was, was intended for the purpose that Carson Beck just got. Like, that dude sat behind Stetson Bennett. He watched the championship run. He didn't leave. He stayed there at Georgia. He built his value. He goes out and has a heck of a year, and now he's capitalizing on it left and right, which is exactly what – and if NIL should be about not paying high school players to come to a school when you haven't done anything yet.
1: You, you, you mentioned video games. When I was in college, the, the most exciting thing that we did, we found an old Nintendo that had a power pad. And so <laughs> we would sit there in college and instead of running, because, you know, that that takes a lot of work, we just sit there and snap, slap it and have races on Is the Is that the one that was like the track?
0: track? It was like the track? Yeah, yeah.
1: It was like and the you giant did long jump? Plastic. yeah. That yeah. Thing was awesome. I much remember that. Than I mean, the Power Glove, much better than the Power Glove. I don't now, remember the Power Glove, Glove. Total total side. Have you seen 8-bit Christmas? I have not. Oh, dude, go watch 8-bit Christmas. It is about the time that uh, Neil Patrick Harris got his first Nintendo. I mean, it is it hits on every single possible level. But that's okay. neither here nor there. It's on Max. But um, <laughs> the big story in the offseason obviously is Nick Saban uh, retiring. What, what should be the expectation for Alabama under Kalen DeVore?
0: Realistic is not is not a possibility for Alabama fans. I mean, they've they're <laughs> they've just been so spoiled, um, and so I, I think it's hard to understand how they could be realistic. And but here's the, here, here's what I'll say. For, okay, first we'll start with Bama. Then I want to say something about Nick. One with with Alabama, I think they're going to be really good because Kalen DeBoer is a really good coach. He's a yep. really good football coach. I think there's a learning curve coming from the West Coast to the East Coast. Just think there's a learning curve coming in the SEC. Uh, recruiting in the sec it's a different animal it's 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 very different he's proven he can win at different levels he's proven he's a great coach i'm not worried the least bit about any of that stuff the recruiting is a big deal so i think they'll drop off i think they won't be as good is that going to be enough for alabama fans like (laughs) the standard is so high if he goes to the college football playoff with a 12 team every year but doesn't finish in the top one in it, the first three or four years, it's probably not success. And that's crazy. That it's just a it's an unbelievable standard. Here's something I'll say about Nick that I think people will find interesting. I think Nick well, uh, Nick is, is the greatest coach to ever coach in college football. Nick did a lot of for the for the game of football. I think Nick can do more for college football now that he's retired than he did in the game. I think he has an opportunity. I, I'm putting him to structure every part of this game, bro. Like yeah. he has an unbelievable mind. He has unbelievable processes and, and ways to go about things. He needs to fix the mechanics of college football. He knows them intimately. He worked through them. Like he would be the perfect guy to bring us together and merge, get rid of the NCAA and start forging a way forward with college football that protects us and keeps the game um, what we love about it, but also continue to continue to grow it.
1: I'm gonna have to get him off that golf course up in northeast Georgia, get him off the lake. I mean, that's and he's earned good, it. Like- He's earned it, bro. Like as as
0: much as he's grinded and put into the game of football, like he he's earned some time to do that. But what a career, man!
1: Yeah, go hang out in the boat now, dude. If you want to go, if you want to go fix college football, that's fine. Do it in the winter because I would enjoy that lake up there in Northeast Georgia. Okay, last thing. You you know Dan Landing quite well from your time around him when he was at Georgia. Now he's at Oregon, obviously for a couple seasons. He's done a great job. What I'm not saying without Bo Nix, but Is is the ceiling for Dan Lanning at Oregon in the new look Big Ten a national championship, or should it be a little bit of a step back from that?
0: I I don't think the ceiling. Here's the thing about Dan. Dan is Dan is awesome. Like Dan is you know, Dan wasn't thinking about going to Alabama. Like, I I love that about Dan. Dan's like, dude, I'm making all this money. This is amazing. Like, I'm doing, I'm doing a good job. Like, he is like you saw the the, the video before the, the Colorado game. Like, he's got fire, he's got passion. His, his family is super happy. He recruits at a high level. Um, listen, I think Dan is, is is like a lot of schools that are not named, you know, Georgia, not named Alabama, not named Ohio State, not named those teams that are in the mix every single year. Like, they're on the outside. They're, they need a breakthrough. I think he needs to find that, that quarterback, and Bo Nix is, is that guy. He needs to build the offensive line, the defensive line, continue to get those positions, yeah. but the Big Ten is is listen. I, I don't I don't think people understand. Like Ohio State and and Michigan run the Big Ten and they're really good. But the rest of the Big Ten doesn't really pose a threat most of the time or challenge them. And so you know I look for Oregon and the way they've recruited to come in. They can ne- definitely be a team that challenges Ohio State, be a team that challenges Michigan, and, and a team that can actually beat them. There's a lot of teams that play them every year that you're like, all right, well you can't beat him. like yeah. not going to happen um oregon i think with dan has a chance to to get through that ceiling just like every other young coach though he's got he's got to take his lumps right he's got to learn he's got to grow it took kirby you know how many years to win a national title and really get it down pat and you saw him and people question him if he could do it but um dan's made of all the right stuff and if i'm oregon i'm, I'm jacked to have him there's a reason that alabama called him you know there's a reason that people w- would call dan right away because he's that good
1: David appreciate you hopping on if you have for those listening or watching if you haven't checked out Family Goals pod with David and Pastor Jay, highly encourage doing that David
0: appreciate it appreciate it big dog good to see you
1: Reminder College football smothered and covered is brought to you by Coastal Vibe Vacations. If you're looking for a vacation rental this summer, Okaloosa Island between Destin and Fort Walton Beach, Coastal Vibe Vacations.com. 850 888 0515. One bedroom, two bedroom, three bedroom condos. They have you covered. Coastal Vibe Vacations.com. That'll do it for this edition of College football smothered and covered. However, I did neglect to say that today is the day that Braves pitchers and catchers report to spring training. You see that ring right over my shoulder. Another one will be coming in 2024. The Braves will win the World Series. Sorry, Dodgers. You have karma. Things are going to go very, very, very poorly with your super-duper all-star team. The Braves will take you down yet again. Please share this show. YouTube, Rumble, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever. Uh, We hope to get as many people on board. Join the college football podcast and video podcast ecosystem and be part of your viewing and listening rotation. And if you don't like something about the show, leave a review. I'd like all five-star reviews. If you want to leave me a three-star review and tell me why I suck or a one-star review and tell me why I suck, that's fine. I'd love to improve the show. And the best way to do that is hear feedback from you the fans, because after all, this is the fans show. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow.